Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Lakut Maran Shir. Tonight, we're continuing part two in our series on Rabbi Nachman's famous lesson, uh, what I'm calling Garden of the Souls. It's lesson 65 in Lakut Maran. And uh, I'm Shaya Sussman. If you're just joining us, I believe this is our 36th inside Lakut Maran Shir, where there's so much hearsay. People say, oh, a. Uh, you know, I heard Rabbi Nachman said this. I heard Rabbi Nachman said that. Well, these are all, this is our 36th text-based class where we've been moving slowly through lessons or sometimes even not so slowly where we can really see and try to wrap our minds around what Rabbi Nachman actually did say. For further classes, you can go to bri.org or on their YouTube channel, or you could go to my SoundCloud where we have all of them up there. Uh, it's Shia Sussman or Nach Daily. Tonight, uh, okay, I like getting that out of the way. Uh, tonight we're going to be learning, again, Lesson 65. I want to do a little bit of a recap, and then we'll kind of jump in. And this is really amazing. So like we mentioned, this is Rabbi Nachman's famous lesson on suffering. So we're going to learn more about the nature of human suffering. We're going to learn about why people suffer. And equally, or more importantly, how to mitigate emotional pain with your suffering. Uh, it should go without saying that what we're talking, we're talking about tonight is going to be spiritual, uh, a spiritual way to deal with suffering. Obviously, with everything in life, we start with the psychological, we go to the mental, emotional, and beyond that is the spiritual. So we also will get a glimpse into how Rabbi Nachman was so unique and how people would call him People call him the soul psychologist, that he was such a unique understanding of life, something that's so relevant to now us and speaks to so much of the emotional pain that people experience in life and that everyone goes through. So we're gonna, I'm going to recap a little bit, and then we'll go to the screen shares, and we'll kind of jump back in. Last week, we started with an overall discussion. The piece started with an overall discussion of the Garden of Souls, of the naked neshamas outside of Gan Eden, an amazing description, and how through the tzaddik, even those neshamas are able to get a tikkun through the Baal HaTzadeh, through the master of the field. Even the neshamas that seemingly have no tikkun, that are suffering outside the gates of Gan Eden, those neshamas uh, receive a tikkun again through the Baal HaTzadeh. We also, we also a, uh, spoke about, we ended, and this is really where a connection is going to be. We ended talking about uh, the amazing Madragas of Tefillah. We learned about a, the most poetic conversation between the Nefesh and the Neshama that they have every time there's Tefillah, and that Rabbi Nachman says how uh, a person could reach a tremendously high level where we're there at the beginning of davening and at the end of davening, all at the same time, meaning through tefillah, there's a certain type of transcendental state that a person could achieve. And that's what Rabbi Nachman is going to call the tachlis. Now I'm setting the stage before we jump in, that a certain level, a certain, a person could transcend time almost and reach a place where they're at the beginning and the end, all at once in one shot. And we're going to learn about that tonight, what that looks like and what does that have to do for me and you, and again, about the nature of suffering. So without any further ado, I'm going to go to the screen share, and then we're going to jump in. Okay. 
You guys can see that. Everyone can see the screen share over here. Okay. Uh, letter Gimel over here where I have highlighted. Vida. This and you should know. And now every time Rabbi Nachman says the word da, we know that it's something important. It's like a heads up, pay attention. Da. The aspect that we're talking about, which is one. This is an aspect of our purpose. Like it says. On that final day, on the day of the tachlis, when Mashiach comes, on that day, Hashem and His name will be one. Ube yom hahu, and on that day, hainu atachlis. That's the purpose. Vehu bechinos kulotov, and the tachlis is ultimately good. Ki echad hu kulotov. Why? Because one is truly good. And we're going to explain all this. Kamosha amru rabbasinos achonu lebracha. Like Chazal said, everyone knows this is a very, very famous Chazal. He's going to bring in psachim. Al pasuk zeh beyom hahu yashem echad. What's the parish on, on, on that day Hashem's will be, will be one? So the Gemara says, What, now in days Hashem is not considered one? Rather, now in days, we don't necessarily see Hashem's name as one. And therefore, on bad, on evil, on ra, we make a bracha. Hashem is the God, the judge of truth. Valatova. And on good, hatova metiv, Hashem does good and is good. Avala asid, but in the future, yevarchu al hakol hatova hamitiv. We'll see in the future that everything Hashem did is to, is kulotov. It's all good. Nimsa shabachinas echad. So it comes out that this aspect of one who atachlis, which is the ultimate purpose, behu kulotov. It's also totally good. Ki atachlis. Hold on. Ki atachlis hu kulotov. Because the tachlis, the purpose, in the end, it's all good. So now let's, let's just play around with this drush a little bit because this is really going really to set the stage. And I'm, I'm so excited about all this we're learning tonight. It's, it's incredible. So he starts with the Simchu Chazal that we all know. He's starting a precedence. He's stating a precedence that... That the end, the ultimate purpose of the world, we're going to see that everything's good. I nowadays, it seems like there's Ra, it seems like there's bad, it seems like uh, there's dissension, there's division, right? So he's saying, yeah, that's what the Gemara says, right? The Gemara says, nowadays we say Hashem is the God of truth, but in the future we're going to see Hashem is Kulo Echad, Bayomahu yeah, echad ushmo echad. Hashem, on that ultimate day in the future, we're going to see that everything is one, which means to say is we're going to see that everything is kulotov. We're going to see that everything is complete good. Meaning to say that the long-term divine plan is good. And Hashem, we're going to see that the long-term divine plan is Hashem is numero uno. Hashem is number one. And that's by yom echad ushmo echad. On that day, we're going to see Hashem, thing, Hashem is one. And the ultimate purpose of creation, the ultimate purpose, everything we're going to see is going to be kulo tov. It's, it's, it's kulo good. And everything, everything we're going to see is awesome. Okay, now we're going to jump back into the screen share. And we're going to see how Rabbi Nachman applies this to suffering. 
And again, this is, I want to stress this. This is really like his, one of his main lessons on suffering. Although he touches on it in many places, like we learned in IA and different other places. But over here, he speaks about the reasons why we suffer and what we could actually do to mitigate emotional pain. Okay, back in the, back in the uh, highlight. So of course, Rabbi Nachman has to take everything to the next level. So we're gonna see how, we're gonna see how he's taking this to the next level. All the, because even all the pain and the difficulties and the bad things that happen to a person, if you look at it, the ultimate purpose, you'll definitely see that these things are not even ra, raktovos gedolos. We're going to see that all emotional pain, all grief, all suffering, if you look at the ultimate purpose, you're going to see it's not even shy to say the word bad, ra on it. It's rak tovos gedolos. They're amazingly good things. Because of course, all suffering and pain comes directly from Hashem with the intent of your goodness. He's going to give two reasons now. Whether it's one, to remind a person to do tshuva, or two, to erase a person's sins. So if so, suffering is a tova. It's a good thing. You got to love Rabbi Nachman. You got to love it. Because the intent of God, of course, is only good. Nimsa. So it comes out. That all the pain and suffering that a person has, if you look at its ultimate purpose, right, as we're saying, which is one, which is good, on that day, Hashem and His name will be one and we'll see the goodness. If a person looks at the proper tachlis, if the purpose of it, Hashem's intent, a person would not experience pain at all. Rather the opposite, right? But wait, there's more. The opposite is, a person will be happy from the goodness that Hashem sent him suffering. He'll be so happy that he won't even experience it as suffering. That he'll look at the pain that he has, the difficulty, the challenges, the grief. Because Hashem's, because the, the end, the end game is only good. Kulo echad. It's all one. Kenal. Ube'emes. And the truth is, ain shum ra ba'olam rak kulo tov. Right? The truth is, there is no bad in the world at all. Rak kulo tov. It's all good. Okay, we're going we're gonna to explain these magnificent words. We're going to talk about them for a little bit. So Renachman says, He's saying that there's a way to look at suffering. There's a way to look at grief. There's a way to look at emotional pain as a good thing. And he gives two reasons for this. He says, why does a person suffer? He says two things. One, to bring you to do tshuva. Person has 
feels emotional pain. They feel like they're suffering. They call out to Hashem. They want to do better. They feel brokenhearted over the fact that they're brokenhearted. That a person experiences grief, one, to bring to tshuva. And he says, two, to clean a person from Avera. That if a person understood that every time you stuck your hand in your pocket and you couldn't, you couldn't find change, that was called Yisurim Shalava, that was called suffering of love, that, gets, that erases ions and ions and ions of Averus within, within a person. So what Rabbi Nachman is saying is, is that there's a way to look at suffering, there's a perspective, there's a path of suffering where we're able to look at suffering as an opportunity, Right? when we connect to the tachlis, when we connect to how Hashem is good, when we see human suffering as an, optur- as an op- opportunity, not only begin to see it's an opportunity, but we see that it's not even bad and we don't even experience it as suffering to begin with, <laughs> right? That a person would be so happy that as Rabbi Nachman says, you'd be yismale simcha mirov tov, because ain't shumra, that all the grief and all the pain and all the COVID, and all the politics, and all the anxiety, and all the struggles that a person has in their life, no matter what they're up against, it's kuloto. But, and we're going to flesh this out more, because Rabbi Nachman, in a few minutes, is going to speak about this more in depth, how to actually connect to the tachlis, right? But he's saying understanding, having a state of consciousness, of understanding that the ultimate end game is Hashem is one, that everything is kulotov, having such strong amuna and really deeply connecting to that amuna, not and understanding that it's for your benefit. Not only is it like, okay, Hashem does everything for the good, but if a person really connected to that reality of Hashem Echad Echad, on that day, Hashem is one and and everything is kulotov, a person would be happy every time they experience they experience suffering. I want to take another minute to talk about this because it seems like a really high level. And what does this mean to us? Like be happy with suffering. Like, you know, it seems a little bit far out, even though it is inspiring. And in a few minutes again, where Rabbi Nachman is going to say, how does a person actually connect to the Tachlis? He's going to give practical advice on how to mitigate harsh dinim and suffering, emotional grief. So this is really cool. So I want to take it down to like, you know, our language, the mental, emotional part, is that when we see our feelings are really coming from a higher place and that there's a purpose and plan to our suffering. And in fact, we see that they're tovas gedolos. We begin to adapt a worldview, a paradigm of suffering where suffering is actually a good thing. We begin to start seeing that our emotions, our emotions, our pain is actually a way to navigate ourselves. It's kind of like uh, if you use your, we use our feelings as a pointer to really check in with ourselves and see where we're off kilter, right? So if a person was using their feelings, their emotional web, their emotions as a barometer to see if they're off kilter, if it's pointing in the right direction, almost like a compass, a person would be able to use their emotions and their feelings 
as a way of seeing whether they're inside out or outside in, whether their mind needs a rest, whether they're off kilter, whether they need to relax. So a person's able to start looking at emotional grief, pain, suffering, worrying, anxiety, and depression as an opportunity for emotional growth to see what deeper thing lies within and how they're able to point themselves in the right direction using their feeling as a compass in order to navigate where they are. So when a person starts seeing emotional suffering and their pain and grief on that level, they're able to, Hashem gave us that as, as a gift to see where we're off kilter in order to understand that we need to make uh, certain adjustments in our minds or in our lives in order to advance human evolution and start seeing deeper within ourselves to come to a higher place. So it's really amazing. I want to give flesh this out a little bit more, this novelty idea. I want to give three examples of this. One is from a psychiatrist I actually trained under, a non-Jewish man. His name is Dr. Bill Pettit. And he once told me about panic attacks. I've heard him say this several times, actually. He said, how does he view, he's he told me he tells this to his clients. He says, how does he view a panic attack, right? Suffering, grief, no one wants to panic. You're scared, you're worried, you're fearful. It's inducing a panic attack. You feel like you're having a heart attack. Like, who in the right mind wants that? And how could that be good for a person, right? So Dr. Bill Pettit told me, he said that, he said that if you're driving, he, he says like, if you're driving a car and you start hitting the rumble strip, you know, you're going, so that's a sign for you that you need to straighten your car out. So he says, when a person is spending, when a person has a panic attack and a person's spending so much time in dis-ease, dis-ease, disease, with chronic stressful thinking and running themselves down. So much so where they release all the chemicals in their body and they have a full-blown panic attack. That panic attack is an opportunity. It's a sign for the person to see that they're off kilter and now they understand that they need to go easy on your mind, right? So, oh, I'm getting bent out of shape. I'm getting riled up. I'm getting angry. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting, that's already a sign that a person needs to ease off on their mind and ease off on their thinking and start to make these adjustments. So it's a taking the emotional grief. It's taking the suffering and looking at it as an opportunity for growth. Uh-oh, there's something within me I need to work out because I'm feeling off center. So a person's able to start seeing their suffering as tovos gedolos from Hashem Yisbarach as a way in order to point you in the right direction. Another example of this is I was recently reading, uh, here, I have the book here. Re recently reading Dr. John Sarno. Some people may or may not be familiar with his work. I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not commenting on his medical opinions, but I'll just tell you what he says. Uh, he's, he says he talks about chronic pain, back pain, grinding your teeth, or different types of what he calls psychosomatic pain. And what Dr. Sarno says he says that the pain is actually, a, the, the, the very fact that a person is feeling chronic pain is actually a gift. Why? He says, because it's your body's way of letting you know that you have repressed rage, what he calls repressed rage in the unconscious mind. But he says that it's your body's way of ultimately letting you know that you have emotional issues that you need to work out. So a person starts feeling back pain or a person starts feeling a certain type of pain, that pain that physical pain that the person is feeling is a manifestation of the emotional pain and a person needs to check in with themselves in order to work it out. So again, you see that the pain and the suffering, even on the most physical level, is an opportunity for a person to look deeper within themselves. Another area 
where I was thinking about this. So you see, again, the suffering is a good thing, like we're saying. Another area where I was thinking about this now, I've never been in labor. Uh, I've never been through that process. But uh, what, I, what I understand is, and what I've been told, again, any women listening to this, don't shoot me up for this because I'm commenting out of my element over here. But if a person looks at the labor contractions as contractions that are giving life, good pain that are helping a person deliver the baby, it becomes a lot easier in order to tolerate uh, that pain. So again, we see that pain could be a good thing. It would be very, it's, it's also similar. Like if you, if you left your hand on the fire burner, so your nerve endings go off, it tells you to remove it. Right. So in a certain way, Rabbi Nachman is saying there's a perspective a person could have on emotional pain, on grief, on suffering. He's obviously talking about Amuna and connecting it to God. I was just talking about on, on the other mental emotional levels, you know, but a person's able to have a perspective on suffering where they're able to see that it's all good. And if we really understood, we're able to connect to the Tachlis, then we would be mamish, be dancer, dancing from suffering and we'd be like totally happy. Yismale simcha mirov tov that Hashem sent us Yisur. That's a really, really incredible thing. Okay, now we're going to go, now we're going to go uh, even deeper. Go back to the screen share. Okay. Okay. Where was I? Hold on, I lost the place. Okay, ach, ach, okay, that's highlighted over here. Ach, ikar atzar, but the main pain that a person, sheyesh la'adam yisurin, that a person feels from yisurin, from suffering, sha'ovan love that he has, chas v'shalom, hu rak mechamas shalokhin ma'adam hadas. It's because a person's das, a person's knowledge, gets a person's awareness or consciousness gets taken from them. Until it becomes impossible for a person to connect to the ultimate purpose of this world, that it's ultimately good. And then a person starts feeling the pain and grief and hurt from his suffering. Because if a person had true awareness to look at the tachlis, at the ultimate purpose in life, then a person would not feel the pain of the, of, of the suffering that they're going through. So again, to recap these few lines over here. So he's saying, so, okay, I get it. You got to connect to the Tachlis. There is a certain outlook. There's a certain paradigm a person can have on suffering where we see that it's cool or good. So if that's true, why is it that I experience pain for my suffering? So what Rabbi Nachman is explaining that the emotional pain, the actual suffering in the suffer, the suffer from the suffering, right? The emotional grief comes from that, that das, that piece of awareness gets cut out from your brain and it gets removed. Which means if you tell me when everything is good in life, oh yeah, everything Hashem does is for the good. We're going to say a tovu one day. That's great when I'm in a state of consciousness, a higher state of consciousness, a higher state of awareness. But when I'm in a bad mood and you tell me that everything is good, that reality becomes impossible to connect with. 
So therefore, when a person's suffering, the precisely the reason why they're suffering is because that awareness, that consciousness, that everything Hashem does is for the good, gets taken from their brain, delete, 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 backspace, backspace, backspace. It gets taken from your mind, and now a person falls to suffering. Precisely because the awareness, Hashem does everything for the good, that there's a tachlis, because that gets taken from you, that's where the emotion, that's why the person experiences emotional grief. Right? So like, so like, I was thinking, this really doesn't have much to do with it, but I was thinking it uh, when I was preparing this show, I put it in my notes over here that I never saw this. I don't like horror movies, but someone once told me that the, in the movie Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs, that in a movie about Hannibal Lecter, they show like a gruesome scene of him like eating a person's brain or something like that. And I conjured up that image, although that's probably a gruesome image. So if it's shocking to you, don't conjure it up. But it's like a person gets a lobotomy, like that piece of information, Hashem does everything the good, it gets removed from your brain. And now you suffer. (laughs) Because if you understand that it was totally good, you wouldn't suffer. So that piece of awareness gets taken from you. So that means as a person falls to a lower state of consciousness where they're not able to connect to that and therefore they experience the pain. So this is great. Now, but wait, there's more. Now you're going to see something remarkable that Rabbi Nachman says. If this wasn't remarkable, if this wasn't knock your socks off, we're going to see something unbelievably remarkable that Rabbi Nachman says now. And I'm gonna, we're going to read a bunch now, but we'll recap it. Okay. Uveze, okay, you see the highlighted over there. Uveze tavindavar nelam venister. And with this, we can now understand something hidden and extraordinary. Mashinitba benefesha adam, that it's entrenched in the soul of an individual, deep in the subconscious mind. Kishiyeshlo yisurin gedolin, when you have a lot of pain, Rahman al-Itzlan, kigon lamasho. For example, that a person gets a limb amputated, a person, they close their eyes strongly. This is a person, a person could sense. Right? So let's just say that for a second. Oh, you know, we'll read a little bit more and we'll come back to it. Because this is something we see that we all sense. When you want to see something far in the distance, what do you do? You squint your eyes. And you start squinting even more. You squint your eyes so you could see that thing in the distance and you kind of point your squinty eyes in such a way where you're able to see that thing further. And why is this? Because the vision is your eyes, they're the messengers of the mind in order to bring that image into your mind. Because the main, fa- the main seeing is really understanding. To understand the essence of that thing that you're seeing. Right? Because you can't know what something is unless you actually see it. And your eyes bring that message to your brain. But ultimately, knowing something exists within the mind. 
And when the mind, we want to understand something that you're standing, standing alongside, then you send your eyes, what am I next to? You can go ahead and you look at it. And now, because your mind wants to understand what you're next to get, what you're up against, your eyes go ahead and look and now bring that signal to your brain. And now you truly understand what that thing is that you're seeing. The al came, and therefore, Kishima, we're gonna we're gonna explain all this. I'm just reading more. Right? Therefore, when you bring something, when you pass something uh, quickly in front of Adam, uh, uh, sorry, therefore, when you pass something in front of a person's eyes very quickly, right? You do it very fast, right? You don't know what you just saw, <laughs> like a magic trick. You just can't see. It's very quick. The truth is, you actually did see something. But because it passed through your eyes, the magic trick happened, the illusion happened so quickly, you don't know what you saw. Yes, you saw something, but you don't know because it went quickly. And therefore, when something is far from you, if it's so far in the distance, your eyes can't see that far. So you see something very, very far in the distance, there are other things that distract your line of sight. And your eyes start scattering and looking everywhere. And because of this, your ability to see gets weakened. And therefore, you don't have the ability, we're going to recap all this, but therefore, a person doesn't have the ability to bring that thing into his mind. Al Cain, therefore, therefore, you need to squint your eyes to see past all the distractions and look at what you're doing. This way, you don't get distracted by all these things that are coming your way. And by squinting your eyes, that makes your vision stronger and less distracting, distracted. It makes your line of sight more focused. And there, then you're allowed to see that then it makes it easier to see that thing that you were looking at. Okay, we're just going to read a little bit more. I know I'm reading a lot. Kimokin, therefore, the, the point's now going to come full, full circle. Kisharotsin listat. Okay, you know what? Let me let me stop for a second over here. Okay, so he's saying like this, right? He's saying like this, that something we all sense. He's saying that a person. What happens? That a person. He's saying we need to look at the ultimate purpose in life. And when we look at the ultimate purpose in life, we're able to. We're able to connect to that reality, right? but our line of sight gets blurred, right? So if you want to see something far in the distance, what do you do? You squint your eyes. You look even further, right? You look, you look even further at that thing. This way you don't get distracted by anything. Because the main thing is your eyes are a messenger of your mind. If you want to know something, your mind wants to know something. So now you go look, and now you see that thing. So therefore, when a person experiences physical pain, 
they close their eyes. Okay, then we, we're gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna finish this point up over here. Therefore, when a person wants to look at the ultimate purpose in life, Shahu Kulo Tov, that is ultimately good, Kulo Echad, it's all one. You need to close your eyes, you need to squint your eyes and start looking at the purpose of life. You need to have a focused vision. Because the light of this purpose, the ultimate purpose in life is very far from us, right? It's further than the object in the distance. Right? The only way we could see it is to close our eyes. You need to close your eyes completely. And close them tight. Even so, push them, push them shut with your hands, with your fingertips. And when you close your eyes completely from this world, now you can look at the ultimate purpose. You know, close your eyes from all the distractions of this world. To hide your eyes and close them. To not look at any desires in this world and all its futility. Then a person is able to perceive and understand the main light of the tachlis, of the ultimate purpose, shikulo tov, that's all good. And then a person mitigates their suffering. Because what we just explained, the main yisurim is the main pain that a person has is that they're not able to connect to the ultimate purpose in life where everything is good. And therefore, Hashem entrenched it deep within the mind and the recesses of a person's nefesh that you close your eyes when you have pain. So when a person winces and they cut and they close their eyes, when they're about to get physical pain, right? Your body... Close your eyes, close your connecting to the ultimate reality, instinctively knowing that it's all good. This type of gaze, this type of vision, right? It's impossible only through shutting your eyes. Even if you don't even realize that your you're, person's getting an amputation or a person's going through surgery and they don't even realize that's why they're closing their eyes. Nevertheless, your soul knows everything. And therefore, Hashem entrenched it in people. Then they have physical pain and emotional pain. They completely close their eyes. This is amazing. This is amazing. It's a million dollars. A million dollars. So what is Rabbi Nachman saying? Let's, let's boil it down and, and let's you know, break it down even, even further, right? It's like never ending, Rabbi Nachman. It's like, you know, you can live your whole life based on this, right? You see how deep he understood everything. So what's he saying? He's saying, if you want to see something, what do you need to do? You want to know something? Just look at it. You want to see even further? Squint your eyes. You want to see even further? Close your eyes completely. Shut your eyes from this world. Connect. You project your consciousness to see. Bayomiyeh echad echad. 
to project your consciousness in your mind's eye, to connect to the ultimate reality, not to be distracted by the pain and the suffering and the different things that it brings you, to shut your eyes completely, completely, completely from this world and use your mind to connect to an ultimate reality, the tachlis, like we started with the level of tefillah, where you can be beginning, you could be at the beginning and the end all at once. So you could be in the beginning and the end all at once when we close our eyes completely from this world in order to connect to a world beyond this world, to ultimate reality, when we connect to every single thing Hashem does good, every emotional grief, every anxiety, every pain, every suffering, every discord, every marital discord, every yirida, anything that a person experiences in their life, not only is there a perspective, like we started with, that a person could have, that a person could have on suffering, like we learned about from Dr. Bill Pettit with the panic attacks, the rumble strips, or we learned from Dr. John Sarno that physical pain is a way to point you inwards to discover more about yourself, to see what motions you're repressing, right? But when a person's able to close their eyes and see suffering as an opportunity. So this is amazing, right? It's not only suffering is good, right? It's practical advice in order to mitigate suffering by closing your eyes completely. So he says, put your eyes, put your eyelids like this, what he says, right? Close them, completely close them. And then we're able to project our consciousness in order to connect to the reality by Yom Echad Echad. So it comes out we could connect with us at Lavo right now, 2020. During COVID, you could close our eyes and understand how even COVID, even school shutdowns, and believe me, I don't like when my kids' schools are shut down, right? Even that's Hashem has a divine plan and all the suffering that we're going through from COVID, from all the death Hashem Yerachem that's happening in the world, right? We have to connect to an ultimate reality of Bayom Yechad And how do we do that? It's when we really focus our line of vision, right? You want to see something? You squint, then you close your eyes to really focus how Hashem is good. And we live in a good world and the world is a good place. People don't say that enough, right? And the world is a good place, but we need to project our consciousness to have God mind, to look with the mind of God, in order to live with the future now and be in the beginning and the end all in once. Now, this is amazing. This is amazing. Now, I wanted to end. I wanted to end over here. Still have a little bit left. I wanted to end over here from a, uh, which I really feel that it really hits the nail on the head over here. This is from great book. If you never read it, I would read it. This is a classic. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. This book says it sold over 40 million copies. I would say that's pretty good. Okay. Very basic, very basic stuff. Everyone should read this book. Okay. What he has over here, we're talking about long-term vision. It's really remarkable how, how some of this all fits together. But I want to talk about what Dr. Stephen Covey, he calls principle two, begin with the end in mind, right? Begin with the end in mind. You could hear that deeper now, right? Begin with the end in mind. The ultimate day to mitigate suffering. Now, I wanted to just, I wanted to read an, ex, an expert from you. There's, there's, there's so much you could talk about. What he starts with, he starts saying that if a person wants to have true values what do they need to do? What are the values that are most precious to a person? He gives an exercise over here about 
deeply reflecting upon what you want people to say at your funeral. I know it sounds depressing, right? He says you have three speakers, your mentor, your Rebbe, your spouse, and your best friend. And your, and your best friend. What do you want them to say about you? So you have to reflect upon your deep values and begin with the end in mind and start now. And he talks about, it's very interesting. It's very fascinating stuff. What I wanted to read over here. Let me find it. Okay, listen to what he says. In our context, this means begin with the end in mind. It means understanding that all suffering is kulotov and connecting to that reality. So much so we're able to mitigate grief, mitigate emotional pain, and really connect to that ultimate reality and understanding that the world we live in is a good place. Just we don't see it because what Rabbi Nachman said, that piece of das, that piece of awareness gets deleted from your brain. That piece of understanding that Hashem is good and that there's a reason and that there's a purpose to our lives and that there's a person, the purpose to COVID and there's a purpose to all the politics and all the shenanigans that are happening. That piece of information gets deleted from our mind, boom, instant anxiety, instant fear, instant suffering, right? So we have to begin with the end in mind in order to navigate that emotional grief to connect to that ultimate reality. Now listen to what Stephen Covey says. This is great. Okay. He says, and I'm skipping around a little bit. There are just two excerpts I want to read. To begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now. And so that the steps you take are always in the right direction. Right? It's what Rabbi Nachman saying. To begin with the end of mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. What's our destination? Long-term vision. Right? Stephen Covey only goes to the grave. We go as Yid and we go beyond the grave. We go to Mashiach and beyond. Right? You have to understand where you are now, your emotional state, your being, are you headed in the right direction? Are you headed to the God mind? Are you headed to the world of Amuna? Are you headed to the tzaddikim, to tikkun, to, to, to tikkun neshama? Okay, now I'm skipping a little bit. How different our lives are when we really know what is deeply important to us. Amuna, the Torah, Hashem, understanding that all suffering comes from God and that it's for our better benefit how different our lives are, are, are when we really know that is what is deeply important to us. And keeping that picture in mind, we manage ourselves each day to be and to do what really matters most. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. We, must be ver we may be very busy, we may be very efficient, but we will also be truly effective only when we begin with the end in mind. So we see how much we need to, how much we need to have a long-term vision of ourselves and a long-term vision of life. And that when we begin with the end in mind, all the suffering, all the pain, the emotional grief, understanding that Hashem is good, He does good, and projecting our consciousness way beyond to reality that no man, I in Rasa, no man has ever seen. Maybe you could say, I, no eye has ever seen it. So you have to close your eyes and see it in your mind's eye, right? And we could experience the tachlis and the beginning all in one shot. And this is the key to unlocking our potential, 
mitigating harsh dinin, dealing spiritually with emotional grief, with emotional suffering, and emotional pain. And that we should all take this lesson to heart. As Rabbi Nachman says, how, why do we experience pain? Because that piece of information gets a lobotomy, gets deleted from our mind. But even so, we have to strengthen ourselves constantly, constantly, constantly to understand that there is a tikkun neshama, like we talked about the tzaddik in last year, who's able to give Torah and mitzvah spiritual evolution to a person's neshama, how we spoke about in this year, that if we really understood how good suffering was, we'd be mismole simcha, and Hashem brings us suffering to bring us to tshuva or to wipe away a virus, and really, really to see on whatever level we are, on whatever insight we could see, in whatever way we could wrap our minds away, that really suffering is an opportunity for us to see deeper within ourselves, to strengthen our connection with God, and that's ultimately the purpose, is to strengthen our connection with God. So... If we all have a moon of mind, uh, it, would make, it would make our lives much easier, even if, even if it's only for a few moments, obviously. But whatever we could do is certainly, certainly worthwhile. Chavez, everyone. Chavez. Any questions, comments, letter to the editors?